What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. And I'm David. This is episode 189, where we will take a look back at season one of Stargate Atlantis and do some other fun things like contemplate the meaning of life and uh, have a deep discussion on hermeneutics. And uh, you know what? I Hmm. would love to have that conversation on hermeneutics. I mean, I know you would. I'm, I'm not sure what that is. It, 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 it's the process of interpretation, particularly of scripture, but of other things as well. Oh, okay. Actually, that would be interesting. David's answer of I'm not sure what that is, is a perfectly appropriate answer for him. <laughs> that would be a good deep discussion. <laughs> yes. It, it's that meaning of life type of stuff. Awesome. Yep. It's. <laughs> It's the good stuff. Hi, friends. We're an independent podcast, and you can tell because we're talking about hermeneutics. Nobody would sponsor this. (laughs) Oh, someone would. (laughs) I know, right? You know, they'll sponsor anything. Anyway, (laughs) friends, if you like what we've got going on, you can support the show if you wish. We've got a little buy me a coffee thing. Buymeacoffee.com slash walking through. Or you can go to our website at WTTS.space. Space. And click on the little coffee cup icon in the bottom right corner. When you do that, you can buy one coffee or a few coffees or several coffees. You can also click on the words walking through the Stargate on the little coffee cup, and it'll take you to the Buy Me a Coffee page where you can sign up for what they call memberships. Uh, memberships uh, in the Buy Me a Coffee world are a lot like uh, Patreon things where, you know, you support it. It's a monthly thing. There, there, there can be tiers. There can be levels. We're choosing to run it a bit more like NPR. We've got the general fund. So if you would like to support us on an ongoing level or ongoing basis, you can sign up for that um, and uh, it'll 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 hit monthly. Um, And uh, if you want to do something even better, better, not different, there's something called wish lists. And in wish lists, you, you you have normal things like technology or whatever i mean i i'm not sure what other people do because i'm just a tech head we got a couple of those things in there we got a couple better mics a better mixer things like that but we also have the wish list item that uh allows for me to endure more pain and suffering zach uh i think you you have less pain than i do on this one but uh it's still not exactly a fun time david apparently i get a certain (laughs) amount of um <clears throat> pleasure in watching your pain. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so you that, can... that that balances out my own suffering. You, <laughs> <laughs> you friends, you can you can contribute to that if you wish. Uh, so there's a wish list item in there for uh, contributing to requiring that we watch two more episodes of the non canonical animated series Stargate Infinity. Infinity, 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 um, and the Taklan. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, we, we got through episode, I think, eight or something, if I remember right. Something so like uh, that, yeah. if we fund that uh, wishlist item, we will watch two more episodes and record two more episodes uh, of Stargate. Uh, we lost a bet. Uh, Stargate and Infinity, we lost a bet, I think was the title of it. And so yeah. um, yep. anyway, yep. Hey, so see, I'm, I'm enjoying it because I'm not watching the show because it's terrible, but I'm enjoying <laughs> you recapping and talking about it and so i like it that way i do i was surprised it's been a while since we watched the latest episode but it did not stink as much as we thought it was going to oh, stink. It so you know there could be some things in there that are just 
inert as opposed mm-hmm. to absolutely terrible. So, you know, we don't know unless we watch. Um, I see it's here like in the show Schrodinger's notes. <laughs> Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's episode. Um, it is both terrible and awesome at the same time. You don't know. If yeah, you watch it's, it. yeah. <laughs> but once you observe it, it gets fixed. <laughs> Dude, well, you know, Bob Barker does say that you need to have your pets spayed. Oh, or yeah, spayed and neutered. Yeah, so so watching it neuters the episode. There we go. <laughs> uh, I see in our show notes we have a thank you. Thank you to Lydia Ann for supporting the podcast. Thanks, Lydia Ann. Appreciate it. Lydia Ann. And uh, speaking of Lydia Ann and Atlantis, um, she knows what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. Zach, I'm not sure if you know what I'm talking about. I know, David, you don't know. And pretty much everybody else does not know. Lydia Ann, I still have something to do with audio. You and I had exchanged an email. Still on my mind. I haven't done it. But thank you. So, well, there you go. There's a little there's a little nugget. There's a little. little, Uh, Do I do I I not do uh, you know, I hate surprises, Brent. You'll all find out about it. (laughs) You'll all find out about it later. No, no, It'll no, 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 okay. no. I understand. So the, the whole idea of surprises is not that you'll find out about it. It's that I know it's there and I don't know what it is. Mm, yes. What could I possibly be talking about? <laughs> hey, hey, friends. If um, anyone in your life needs to listen to this banter, like you were listening <laughs> to this and being like, this what is something hell? that the world needs to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Then you can recommend it to folks by saying <clears throat> they can find our show on a lot of places, uh, which I need to double check. Did Google podcasts go away? Like I keep getting emails talking about the performance of the of the of the podcast. But I saw like somewhere else, some some news article that Google podcast is like, uh, like not a thing anymore. Whatever. Well, I don't know. Uh, as, as I don't know. I don't use it. I've never used Google for podcasts. It is Google. I mean, come on. They're like known for one thing, killing things. Anyway, hi, uh, let's keep it light. And uh, you can find it on Google Podcasts, apparently, maybe. Um, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and my personal favorite, any podcast aggregator. You can just download a podcast aggregator like Stitcher, I think, like uh, Overcast, which I use, like Pocket Cast. There's, there's a lot. And you can search for Walking Through the Stargate. You'll find us. You can subscribe. Voila. When we post an episode. You will no. your friend will hear it. You're already listening to this. So, well, when we post an episode, you will hear it. Yeah, that's true. Up, but yeah, you're right. You'll yeah. hear what was posted. Yeah, that's right. So, Zach. Yes, Brent. If a person wants to reach out with their uh, treatise on hermeneutics, I think Ooh. I'm mispronouncing it. Hermeneutics. Hermeneutics. Nudics, not new. 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 Hermeneutics. hermeneutics. Study of Herman Munster. That's right. No, no, no. I mean, that'd be interesting. <laughs> I mean, that would be interesting. And there's probably a hermeneutical approach to studying Herman. Munster. That's a thank you for reading my mind, friend. If you have a treatise on the hermeneutical approach to Herman Munster, how Zach might they reach out to us to let us know that they have done such work? Well, if you have done such rigorous study as the hermeneutical understanding or approach or whatever it is that we're talking about, I can't remember the words we used on Herman Munster. Or anybody yeah. else. Maybe it's Frankenstein. Maybe it's Cousin It. Ah, ah, ah. Maybe it's Wednesday. Yeah. Who knows? It doesn't matter. You're, you're, getting, you're getting a whole lot of shit. Yes, understand. that's right. But that's okay. You know what? Okay. The Wolfman. All right. There yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the uh, the Army of the Dead the, from the Necron- oh, Necronomicon. Ooh, ooh. You know, you well, know, it is spooky um, season. So, yes. That's right. will be all exactly. good subjects. Exactly. 
So, you know, if you have a hermeneutical approach to Halloween. Oh, that's a good one. Hmm. Ooh, you know. Email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com and share it with us. And yes. we'll look at it, at least. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> oh, no, we definitely will look at no, it. We'll someone like, will. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Look at this. Block yeah. that guy. Uh, I mean, <laughs> if, if you want to share it with the whole world, you can put it on Facebook. Yes. Or walking through the Far- Stargate Facebook p- group or page, or in this case, it'd be the group. But either one, that works. Uh, you could also, if you want to share it with just our community, you could go to the discords and share it there. Yep. Um, that would be in the, I guess, would that be in general or is there a non, non Stargate channel? Anyway, find a place. There's lots of, oh, yeah, there's definitely not Stargate channel. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 Um, I'll add a hermeneutics you- channel once I learn how to start. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh what have my. we done? <laughs> All right, so David has added a hermeneutics channel to the discords. Oh, and great. Now I gotta do uncer- that. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be clearly it's gonna be at the community fun section. <laughs> and if you're uncertain where to find any of all of this zaniness, you can go to our website, wtts.space. Space. Uh, according to my show notes, this is the section of the podcast where we banter about stuff. Hermeneutics. Yes. And I used my little air quote hand things, mm. which is exactly what everybody wants on a radio podcast. Yes, is, is hand gestures. Hand gestures. So we've already been bantering about hermeneutics. Is there anything mm-hmm. else that needs to be bantered about? Mm, I can't think of anything. Wow. Not right now. I mean, I'll probably come up with something going, hey, we need to go back and fill that in. But, you know. All right. I mean, like with such a lead in like banter about stuff. I mean, sure. I can talk <laughs> to you about how like. I've got a, a burr grinder that uh, I'm trying out and like the static electricity on that thing is just amazing. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I have a like, burr grinder. And, yes. and, and, you know, I mean, it, it takes like almost as much time as it does to grind it to like get the coffee not stuck to the walls of everything. Apparently, like a person can like spritz it lightly with a mist of water and that takes care of the whole thing. But, you know, oh, well, okay. I do not have yeah. a burr grinder. Mm hmm. So I guess we'll, well have to have a burr grinder channel now where people can discuss burr grinder. <laughs> so. no, no, David, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> One new channel a day is enough. <laughs> why would we why would we add a burr grinder channel? <laughs> that's ridiculous. Come on. I mean hermeneutics. That makes that sense. Makes- <laughs> <laughs> a burr grinder? <laughs> I would just like to point out, dear listeners, that this is, in fact, the Stargate podcast. Stargate, 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 Stargate. Stargate. Um, Okay, reset, reset. Okay, so. So, um, the purpose of this podcast here today is, of course, to talk about season one of Atlantis. We've just finished watching that uh, a couple of weeks ago, and now it's time to just kind of brew on that and think about things. So uh, I'll just throw it out to the, the, the group here. And uh, what are some of your thoughts about this season of the show? Mm. Uh, what was some of the surprising things, um, exciting things, just general thoughts on it? I'll, I'll jump in and right. I'll, I'll freely admit that normally when we do these recaps, I don't do any like review before. Right. I just kind of sit down and you ask the question and then I kind of like talk aimlessly about like blah, blah, blah. This time around, though, because I can't remember when we started season one, but it was, I think, more than a year ago. (laughs) Pretty close to a year. Yeah. 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 
And so um, I I had to go. I had to go over the episodes again just to be like, oh, right. That happened. That happened. That happened. That happened. So <clears throat> one thing that's crossing my mind is that uh, I don't know what uh, I, I'm pretty confident that I could do a decent job kind of pointing out some of the big items that will probably be coming back in future seasons. Maybe not like through the whole series other than the Wraith, but like um, other things like I forgot about McKay's little personal shield thing. Remember, like it it was only it was it was a major point of the episode where he's fighting the smoke monster. But on the same token, like we haven't seen hide nor hair of it since. And that's okay. That's 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 normal for television shows. But I don't know, man, maybe that'll come back. Maybe that'll be really important. Uh I don't know. And so I was kind of thinking about all these like season one things, uh, you know, like the um, will the uh, uh, place where we did the the vaccine, will that come back? Right. Where that whole planet that lost half their people, but now are immune to Wraith. Is that going to be a thing? Because that could be a thing. That sounds fun. It could Uh, be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it also could just kind of disappear off into the off into the distance. Um, What about the planet where we had the. you know, the missed people, every time you use the Stargate, we killed like a million of them. And uh, they, as a defense thing, decided to put us into a big sleep, into a big, into a big happy place where we got back to, where we got back to Earth, except that things were different. You know, like, like maybe that'll come back. Probably not. But maybe, maybe I don't know. So I'm interested in seeing what, especially like little things that could be left behind without necessarily being too terrible to leave behind what little things come back in future seasons so that's that's cool i like that kind of that sort of that aspect of of new television where it's like well which one of these things are going to make a surprise appearance we'll find out um overall though i think that this season i think is like a really pretty decently strong spin-off um season one i i am thinking about uh the different shows that I've watched where there's a, there's an entirely different show that has spun off. And I, I think deep space nine did a pretty, I mean, and DS nine isn't even really a spinoff, right? Like TNG is sort of the spinoff. Um, well, they're, they're all spinoffs. Well, deep space so. nine is right. a spinoff. Trek. It's a, yeah, I mean, but you don't get there, that. There was so much different. Yeah. But uh, when it with, started with, with wait, with time between the original Trek and next gen, um, you oh, know, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the 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 next gen to Deep Space Nine transition is a fair comparison to this uh, for for good or for ill. Yeah. And I think DS9 did a fine job. I think that it really found its legs a little later, but like, you know, it was all right. And uh, I, I'm feeling the same way mm-hmm. <clears throat> where this uh, this season felt pretty OK. Uh, I've had plenty of criticisms about the development of um Aiden Ford, and I stand by all of them. I've had some criticisms of the development of Taylor. Uh, what's Taylor's last name? Imagen. Imagen. Taylor Imagen. And I stand by that as well. Hopefully, we'll see something good happen there. But hilariously <clears throat> to me, uh, I am now v- indeed feeling pretty salty about my choice to be able, like, okay, let's wrap up SG one first and then come back to Atlantis. Because <laughs> even though I know things are going to be fine, <laughs> like I know things are going to be fine and I'm pretty sure it involves the Daedalus because Daedalus Daedalus because, um, uh, well, like, they've said such it's going to. Yes. Like, I mean, it, it's, but, the how, but they're how not hiding the anything there. Nah, no hiding. 
but how is it going to happen? And is right. it just going to be the Daedalus? Doodalus? Is it just going to be the Doodalus? The Doodalus. Um, is it, or is there going to be others? Like, can can the 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 Doindalus do it by itself, or or does there need to be support? And what does that support look like? So I'm super curious. I'm looking forward to coming back to season two, and that I think I think I'm looking more forward to season two Atlantis than I was looking forward to season two SG One. Is it because they left it on a cliffhanger? I mean, the first season of SG One just kind of ended. Uh, it wasn't a oh my gosh, no, I got to watch that. It, it, that that recall. They, they had they had a cliffhanger there in season and one for season of SG One. Okay, that's when when they were on uh, Apophis's ship and like oh my gosh, we're in Earth's oh, orbit. Oh, you're right. This Into is bad. Right. I think that and it could be that it's just been so long that I can't remember. I mean, that's a that's a distinct possibility. I'm looking forward to season two Atlantis because the cliffhanger, I think, is a they did a good job with the cliffhanger. Like, I'm really like, how is this going to resolve? I know it will resolve. How is it going to resolve? And season one, SG one, uh, I might have had a little less. Um, Maybe I had a little less investment in the universe. That might have been mm-hmm. it. Where it's like, you know, mm. well, I mean, it'll probably it's clearly going to resolve. There's there's nine more seasons of this thing. Um, but how it was going to play out, I've probably figured it was going to involve C4 because it always does, um, you know, <laughs> like. Right. So it might right. not have been quite as 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 tense I mean, for me in, in terms of I mean, within the universe, the the cliffhanger of the beginning of season one of SG one. Or at the end of SG season one of SG one uh, was a big deal, but in terms of like a watcher watching the show, yeah, it was a very typical standard ho hum type of uh, cliffhanger episode uh, of the time. Yeah. It's like yeah, okay, sure, bum bum um, bum, yeah. But but uh, when you compare that to the S- the Atlantis season one cliffhanger. Um, you have both the, uh, in-world, uh, stress of all of that, and as an audience, it's just a, it's a more mature cliffhanger. And I think that there is room for surprise in the resolution, right? Like, um, especially for me, because I, I have done a pretty dang good job keeping away from spoilers so i mean there could be there could be a cast change coming up um that hits at the resolution i don't know i mean that's a possibility we'll find out i'll find out we will uh what i liked about the season ender was as an ensemble show because it's much more of that than sg1 sg1 is a team show there we got four members and some ancillaries here we've got a lot of characters Mm-hmm. So as an ensemble show, anyone's at risk. Yeah. Yeah. You got 10 characters. You go, oh, we got some dead weight over there. So you're done. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, right. And then we got yeah. some guest characters. It's like, oh, shoot. He came in and took command. Is yeah. this something new? Yeah. Well, they're at yep. risk. And then, you know, we got the whole ending of this looks bad. Okay. They're not going to blow up Atlantis. I'm going to tell you that one right now. Okay. Atlantis will not okay. be destroyed. Whew. Not this episode. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> we're not at risk for that, but it's about the journey, not the destination. Uh-huh. So we know you can figure out, probably guess how it's going to end, but it's how do we get to that point? And that's yeah. true for a lot of stuff. That's why a lot of spoilers for 
TV shows or movies don't necessarily bother me that much, unless it's like finding out Darth Vader is like some main character's father. Um, yeah. <laughs> but Dude, to me, it's wait, like, wait, oh, cool, they're going to do that. Gonna... <laughs> yeah, I, I, let me, back in 1979, were you even alive in 79? I don't know. Zach was. Uh, Zach I was. I was. I, yeah, I... <laughs> I mean, not by much. <laughs> I actually got that plot point spoiled for me before I saw the movie because the novelization of Empire Strikes Back was out. And I picked it up and I thumbed oh. through it and I got to a point. It's like, what? Wow. <laughs> so it was well. spoiled back then. But yeah, spoilers to me aren't that big of a deal unless it's I'm going to tell you the entire story. Yeah. But, yes. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I know they're going to blow up, but who's going to survive or how will they get rid of character or whatever overall as a show i like the ensemble approach Mm -hmm. because it doesn't have to focus on the mains every time you can tell an off story and sg1 doesn't do it that often i mean with the Mm -hmm. other guys they did and other character story sort of but I, I like yeah. the ensemble approach because it gives a wider range of storytelling. They still tend to f- involve some of the mains, but no, you can have a Rodney-centric or a Shepard-centric yeah. or whatever. So I like that approach. Overall, I don't think they've had as many weak episodes as the first season of Stargate did. There hasn't been as bad of things like uh, Emancipation, you know, the show that should never be referenced mm-hmm, ever yeah. again. I mean, yes. there were some yeah. clunkers. I I don't think some of the, well, we know some of the less than top episodes on there. I don't think there's been any real clunker episodes, though, except maybe, I don't yeah, know, there, Poisoning the The upside is that there there, ha- there is not, in this season, for sure, uh, an episode anywhere close to Emancipation. Um, there isn't even really a Bane episode in this. Yeah. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think it's that the the writers know what they're doing. They know how to write Stargate. They're just putting yes. a different Stargate team yeah. in a different location, but it's still yeah. Stargate. So yeah. I, they, I do think that idea. some of these, some of these, especially the early episodes, they're trying to write Stargate and they're trying to figure out what does it mean to have Stargate without O'Neill and Carter and Teal and Daniel. Right. right. And, and there is some struggle with that, trying to figure out, who are these characters and why are they in Star? Why are we writing so many scripts about ancillary characters? Mm. Um, but I think they get that. They kind of start to get that uh, with most of the characters um, by maybe a halfway through the season or so. And I can appreciate how the writers might struggle with trying to find the Atlantis voice yeah. using kind of a version of the SG one recipe. Um, mm-hmm. You can't just have it be another SG one, but also I think that some of the criticisms that we've had about the development over the season have to do with that. The, the recipe works. That's part of the reason why SG one is working, but when they're experimenting with trying to find an Atlantis flavor, sometimes either it doesn't quite work or you end up ignoring certain characters or uh, you overemphasize other characters and there's nothing intrinsically wrong with trying to figure out uh, a different version of something that works well, because that's, 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 that's television or, you know, that's, that's, that's production of television. Obviously you're going to be looking toward 
certain types of tropes or certain types of stories that are going to be able to sell because that's the nature of the game. But also it turns into from a fan point of view, a little bit of like, well, I mean, like this is kind of a this is sort of a discount version of SG one in certain respects. You know, that's not cool. Right. So, you know, it's not to say that I think that Atlantis is a discount version of SG one. I'm just acknowledging that where it seems to be thin, it's it's those moments where your military guy is fitting the military trope, just like you did in SG one. And your civilian person is fitting the civilian trope, similar to what you do in SG one. And your science nerd is still a science nerd, similar to SG one. So you're constantly sitting here going like, well, yeah, that's kind of what that's kind of what SG one is doing. You know, I want to uh, compare this a little bit or contrast this with uh, Deep Space Nine, for instance. Uh, when, when Deep Space Nine came around, they made a radical shift in things between Next Gen and Deep Space Nine, right? They put it in a stationary place. Yep. Uh, they had half mm-hmm. of the main characters not part of Starfleet. Um, you know, they, they really, really changed almost, I mean, just, just every staple thing about Next Generation is turned on its head yeah. for the beginning of, of Deep Space Nine. And and they did that intentionally. Um, and I think part of its struggle was, whoa, well, we figured out how to do this next gen thing. But now we have to figure out what what is this Deep Space Nine thing? Yeah. We're on a station that doesn't move. Huh? <laughs> and yep, so that's not to Star Trek. You're not going anywhere. Exactly. Yep. And that was the complaint for a long time. Yeah. Um, uh, but then when you compare that to Atlantis, Atlantis kind of took the 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 structure of SG1 right you've got your four team members that go out to other planets and they do things yep. and you've got your commander that stays on the base and and then they took that whole model and they just just well let's just move that and put it in the Pegasus galaxy let's put it in a different place and now they had the kind of the the opposite type type of struggle like oh this is a lot like the other things, but we need to give it its own voice. How do we do that? Yep. And uh, the, it, there, there was some, some wrestling there, but I think that they were able to, to figure out how, how does Atlantis uh, tell its story? It's, it's kind of, uh, to me, it's a lighter experience. It, it's, it's even more jovial, at least early on. Um. So I don't know that I can answer this myself because it's been too long since I first watched it. So Brent, you're the more likely one who can answer this. Sure. Is Atlantis what you thought it was going to be? I mean, you came That's in a, not knowing yeah. what it was. <clears throat> um, I tend to come into things with a bit of an open mind and let the story just be what it's going to be. So in that regard, um, you know, that that's I understand that's a bit of a cop out answer, but it's it's still true. It's I just kind legit. of walk in and be like, I don't know. What's your deal? What, what do you got? Oh, okay. Uh, alien space city. Cool. Uh, learn how to figure it out. Neato. Oh, look, ATA gene. Okay. You know what I mean? Like the, like the whole thing. Um, I think I was expecting it to be a little less um, of a situation where everybody's on the back foot, right? Like the end of this season, we're, we're the, the threat on the table is, is that, is this the end of Atlantis at all? Like, you know, period. Um, and I think I was expecting a little bit more uh, of a, of a, of a beachhead, so to speak, that humanity is able to establish within the Pegasus galaxy. And maybe it'll swiftly come to that, but you know, like pretty much the entirety of season one was, was um, setback after setback after setback. Mm-hmm. Um 
you know, mm-hmm. we've 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 met with a lot of people and we've ticked off a bunch of them. Um, and, uh, you know, even even our friends are a little bit standoffish. And in that regard, I wasn't quite expecting that. It's not bad, but it's just something I was like, oh, OK, yeah. All right. We're kind of uh, we're kind of on thin ice. So the arrival of reinforcements through the Stargate did feel like I, I did feel that that boost um, as a result of that arrival. And I am anticipating the feeling of the boost when, when, uh, when the Dunderless arrives and uh, <laughs> saves the day, uh, you know, so I, 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 will it, will it live up to the expectations? I'm not sure. We'll find out. <clears throat> I have a tendency to kind of like be a bit of a, of a, a spoil sport when it comes to big epic things in Stargate. So, <laughs> so hopefully I won't be quite so much of a spoily, a sportery person, but you know, so to answer your question, David, is this kind of what I was expecting? Um, in, in a sense, no, uh, I was expecting there to be a bit more forward movement. I was expecting, mm-hmm. um, uh, I was expecting perhaps, uh, you know, a little bit m- more of the, you know, SG one aspect, which again, you know, they, they're playing with it and they're trying to make it work. You know, they're, they're trying to have it echo that, but not quite. Um, and frankly though, that, that expectation would have been a negative one. If it was just SG one light, I wouldn't have liked it as much. Um, I'm excited for what's about to happen. And so in that regard, I'm not, a, I don't think that I was expecting to be as excited for season two as I was, as I, as I am, uh, you know, if I would, if I think back to what I was kind of thinking about what would happen as I watched Atlantis, I thought that it would be kind of akin to um, other uh, other shows where the novelty quite isn't there anymore um, with with spinoffs in the same universe. Um, I remember that I was super excited for Caprica to come out ages ago, you know, mm, when mm-hmm, when that yeah. was even even though it was a prequel. Um, and, you know, I I watched uh there was only one season i think anyway i watched uh i was watching those episodes doing that thing that fans do which is just glossing over the boring parts and the bad parts and being all like it's fine it's fine it's fine it's fine it's, this is totally no yeah it wasn't this, this, it wasn't it wasn't fine it was kind of it was kind of so it was fine it was, it was, i mean well that was a show that was totally not what i thought it was going to be and Caprica, i didn't know what yeah. i thought it was going to be but it wasn't that and yeah. it was, i yep. was not there for it I, I lasted like you a few episodes in. It's like, nah, never mind. But yeah, I think I, I got all the way through it. But okay. uh, yeah. I, I, I actually recently rewatched Battlestar Galactica and then I watched Caprica again. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't remember how I know that I had seen the end of Caprica, but I couldn't remember how it ended until yeah. I rewatched it again. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's how it ended. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to this story that could be. And it just it didn't. Yeah. I mean, here, that that was a situation where it was trying to be radically different from its spinoff. Right. Um, and it didn't have enough of what the original had to make that secret sauce. Yeah. Uh, and and so it was it, it was fine. It just wasn't. I just amazing. remember being more family drama on another planet rather than, you know, Cylons. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this, I could be completely wrong because that's what I remember. No, that's yeah, no, that's 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 basically exactly what it was. Family yeah. drama on other planets. Yeah, and, which is fine. That's a fine that, that 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 could be a compelling story, but it's not it's not BSG. And so, you know, capitalizing on the um, intellectual property in that regard, you got to 
like I think that the sin that a lot of uh, studios make when they're trying to do that, where they're where they've got a really hot thing and they got a really uh, dedicated fan base, is that um, they know they can get more money out of the thing, but they think that if they are really creative, that the fans will follow them, and that's just not that's just not true. Um, people like what they like. You might attract other fans. You might find that there's a whole other section of people that are like, yeah, like family drama in space. That sounds really cool. Tell me more. Um, but odds are really bad that people who liked the the constant, barely one step ahead escape story, uh, you know, and survival, bar- barely surviving humanity with the twists along the way. You know what I mean? Like all that jazz, like they probably will not like a story set in a. Uh, you know, in a in a solidly, you know, right. I'm going to use the word air quote fine uh, setting that has that that has family drama that sets things up like it's probably not going to be the same person that enjoys both those things. Well, let me um, not spoil, but spoil something for you. Sure. Stargate Universe is going to take that approach, not the, the family drama in fa- space. No, no, not family drama in space. They're going to take the Stargate Universe and do something completely different with it. Yeah. It's not going to be space station. It's not going to be teams going out. And that was again, a, I didn't know what we're getting into, but this is not what I thought it was, but Hey, I'm okay with that right now. It's, it's going to be a very different approach to Stargate. And I might be a different person. I mean, I am, I, let me rephrase that. Like when, when BSG wrapped up and when Caprica was coming out, I was, I was, you know, I was, I was me, but I was me a long time ago. Right. And when it comes to this project i might approach universe with a much more open mind um and as a result i might i might find myself uh having opinions about it that would be different than if i was coming at it as a stargate fan right especially when it was airing or especially if if it was airing at the same time if it was doing that kind of a transition at the same time that bsg to caprica was making that a similar transition and i was of a certain age right yeah like just Put the put the put the ingredients together. It's just completely different because I'm a, I'm a different person now. I've had different experiences. This is a different situation. Like who knows? Um, I might love it, but yeah. No, I'm not trying uh, to denigrate yeah. the show at all. I'm just saying they did that and said let's do it completely different this time. Sure. When when I first watched Universe, um, I watched the first season. I haven't ever seen the second season. Um, I mean, part of that is I was going through. Uh, professional transition in my life um and i you know was moving around that time you know that was i don't remember the exact but that was what 2009 2010 2011 somewhere in there right um right right oh i don't know it's right. so sure, <laughs> why, sure why not yeah thank you you know but you know so i can't remember exactly when it failed but uh you know i was just starting off as a pastor um and in in that transition and you know, I got to a point where I, I just couldn't add anything new to my my place. Sure. Um, and that was one of the things that that uh, fell off the table. Well, frankly, all of Stargate did because uh, you know I've mentioned this before. I haven't actually seen uh, all of the. I think I've seen a few episodes, but I haven't actually seen the fifth season of Atlantis either. Yeah. Um, because that just fell at a time where I couldn't make things work. Gonna it was need also a new podcast on, host. What? You're going to need a new podcast host. It's not going to fit yeah. your formula of one guy's watched it and the other one hasn't. 
you know, you know, it'll be like walking through the Stargate point five. You know, it'll be like the last two seasons of SG one. It'll be the same, but it'll be different. Or you could cheat and just watch them all now. We're gonna, we're gonna. Yes, yeah, I, I don't have that kind of mental capacity at this point in time, my dear oh, friend David. Oh, you do. See, David, <laughs> what we're gonna do is that we are going to capitalize on a really hot IP idea with this, uh, with this podcast thing we got going on. We're just gonna, we're just gonna change everything. Uh huh. Yeah, retell <laughs> the story in a different universe. But enough of Stargate <laughs> Caprica. Stargate yeah. Caprica. <laughs> <laughs> Let's come back to Atlantis. <laughs> So, so, so Stargate Caprica is actually following the Tolans. Yes, <laughs> who are dead now. As, as they as they as they it's move towards story. the apocalyptic end of their original planet. Oh, they're going to stretch out an entire season to like one day, like they did in yeah. that last episode, the last season mm-hmm. of How I Met Your Mother. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. L- l- let's not do that. That was bad. Oh. No, it wasn't bad. It was okay. Anyway, it was. It was bad storytelling. This is a Stargate podcast. Stargate, Stargate, Stargate. Stargate, Stargate. We've been talking a lot about Stargate. So. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So let's shift gears here. Yeah. And sure. let's talk about characters. Um, yeah. In particular, we have a fun little... So uh, those of you out there who are familiar with uh, the, the phenomenon that is Dungeons and Dragons... Oh yeah. We'll know that there is a an alignment chart out there that has the two different uh axes, the good, neutral, and evil, and the lawful, neutral, and chaotic. And so you pick one from each of those uh axes, and then you become a lawful good or a lawful neutral or a lawful evil, neutral good, neutral, neutral, neutral evil, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. My personal favorite is the chaotic good. Um that's because <laughs> I'm probably chaotic good. Mm. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, using this grid, pick a villain and or a hero. Well, just pick one or the other, but now you oh. can pick more than one and talk about them, but just one at a time. And put it in your grid and argue why. Uh, oh. Uh, hmm. Pick a character? Just pick a character? All right, all right, all right. So, so um, uh, all right, <laughs> let, let, let's, let's just make this simple. Uh, Brent, you've got Dr. Weir. Where does Dr. she fall? Dr. Weir is lawful. Uh, I'm going to go neutral. Lawful neutral. Uh, Dr. Weir has uh, made choices. Like, for example, the choice to uh, you, or, uh, try out the vaccine uh, on the captive that they had. Uh, that would not be a good choice. Uh, that would lean more towards the evil. One could justify it, but it, it was still evil. However, I don't think I have seen her break a rule once. So I think she is lawful neutral. Thoughts? I, I, I don't disagree with you. Okay. Yep. There we go. Right. I might put right. her more towards the good spectrum than the neutral spectrum, though. That's fine. That's a fair argument. So so I, I would probably place her in... in uh, you, you could make an awful... An, an, an argument for, for neutral good. Mm-hmm. Um, because for the same type of thing that you would axes that on the the good evil uh and put her in neutral you could actually say that it's a lawful or chaotic stuff with the uh, the the use of of the vaccine on people uh that's a little bit suspect it's not necessarily evil um but it's definitely not above board 
So you might put that in a neutral good category of of uh, doing things for the good, um, but uh, but uh, vacillating between a lawful or a chaotic uh, element of things. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can I can see that too. I mean, you know, that's just that's just a a, a way of going there. Okay, David, um, yes. I'm gonna pick um, Carson Beckett. Where does Carson Beckett fit on this list? Dr. Beckett. Um, <clears throat> well, I think he's going to have to fall into the category of good. I mean, he's a very likable. He's a very good guy. Um, mm-hmm. He's not chaotic. He's, he's a doctor. I mean, he can deal with chaos, but he's somewhat organized in that, and you can count on him. Um, I would put him more probably as a neutral good, as a doctor. No, he's got to treat everyone equally. So he's, I mean, he's definitely on the side of the good guys, but I definitely put him more on the neutral good side of he's not going to take a position. He's here to help. He would probably even try to save a wraith at some point if he could, or Mm. maybe he has already, Mm. or, you know, don't kill him. That doctor would not do that. He was. Yeah. Yeah. Beckett was the one who was arguing most vehemently against trying out the, uh, uh, the vaccine on the the rape the rape True. captive. Yeah. True. Yep. So yep. yeah. So I'd put him more in the neutral good area. Mm-hmm. Okay. I could buy that. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I I'd buy that. Um All right, let me do one. All right. So Zach. Yes. Where does uh what's his name? Coleslaw fit. Coleslaw? <laughs> you know the guy. Yeah, Coleslaw, the guy with the gun that came and raided uh, you know, uh Kolya. Him, yes. <laughs> The, the, the Janai. Yeah, that's him. Um, so I would, I don't think he's on the good spectrum of things. Oh, okay. Not from our um, point of view. Yeah. Not from, well, so like even, even within his own setting, he's willing to beat the snot out of his students. I mean, maybe that's good. I uh, you know, no, that 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 might 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 be necessary, but it's not good. <laughs> um, you know, he's he's willing to um, uh, he's willing to take hostages that really are innocents in in the process of things. Um, you know, he he's he's willing to bury alive his his uh, his. His enemies in a cave. Yep. Um, so that's not good. Um, for argument's sake, I'll put him in the evil category. I think he's kind of evil. Okay. Um, I'm trying. I, I saw. Uh, I, yeah. I, 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 I put him <laughs> at neutral evil. Okay. Um, he is a military man, and so he is able to operate within the confines of that. And yet, at some point in time, he kind of falls out with his own military and has to go rogue uh, because of his own vengeance uh, needs. Uh, So that definitely falls into the more chaotic camp of things. So he's got a little bit of both, and I don't know where else, so I'll put him in neutral. Neutral evil. There you go. What about the Janai as a whole? Where would you put them? The Janai as a whole are... um, I'd probably put them in true neutral. True neutral. Um, they're they're 
maybe a lawful neutral as a species. Um, there. See, I I put them more as a lawful evil. Now, I mean, they're an opponent for us. So, I mean, then again, I don't play. Well, well I was looking it, at it from from their perspective, on, right? But they're on their side. They will help people who they want to help take advantage of them too. But really, it comes down to them. They have their law and order. They want to follow follow anything that follows them. That's good. If you don't follow them, it's either we're going to kill you or just ignore you or something like that. I don't know. I yeah, see them okay. more as a lawful evil. I I, I can buy that. Uh, okay. I I would accept that. Um. All right, we got another round here, but we're going to do the opposite here, right? Sure. I'm going okay. to pick a a uh, an alignment, and you find a character that fits it. Okay. All right. Um. We haven't had a lot of chaotic uh things so far, so let's go. Uh, chaotic neutral. Who is a character in Atlantis that's chaotic neutral? Ford. Who? Aiden. Aiden Ford. Oh well, no, I'd put him at lawful because he'll he'll follow those rules, man. He he he's a military dude all the way through. Um, I would say McKay is chaotic neutral. Uh, he obviously has shown uh clear evidence of good for sure. But he also has shown clear preference for uh, for doing things that's, that that benefit himself and himself alone, um, which tends to lean you toward evil rather than good. But, you know, I mean, we could we could bicker about that one. But importantly, um, he he doesn't give two hoots about rules, R- rules. R- I mean, like. The only rules he cares about are like the laws of physics. Like right. that's the only thing he seems to care about. Like, is it physically okay, and possible? And he's willing to bend those. Yeah, absolutely. So it's even more evidence that he's like, yeah, you know, rules. Rules are things that uh, rules are things that are meant to be broken. They're for other people. I think, I think, yeah, <laughs> rules are for other people. <laughs> that, that is McKay a hundred percent. Rules are for other people. Yes. Um, I can buy that. I can buy yeah. that. Okay. Um, do you, do you have uh, thoughts, David, um, on that? No, I, I agree with you on that one. I would definitely put Rodney in that. He's on his side. He will help the team because that's that, that's going to keep him alive. But he's definitely on his side first. If someone's right. going to panic and run away because that's how he's going to save <laughs> his own life, that's going to be Rodney. Most of the time, you know, sometimes he'll be a bit heroic, but yeah, and definitely, you know, the laws of physics will bend to his will. Yep. So, so you yeah, were tossing I, out uh, Ford as that. Uh, what was your, what's your argument for Ford? I, I, I'm sorry. I just got the pregnant pause while I'm trying to justify my existence here. Um, nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like he's the guy that, well, as we've seen, he wants to be seen. He's not mm. seen on the show. He doesn't feel like he has a voice. So I see him as the guy who's going to do the, I didn't think you were going to, what the heck, why did you do that type of thing? The chaotic aspect to it of that. He may sometimes surprise you by doing what's going to be necessary. Maybe not what should be done, even though he's the military guy, but because he's demanding this attention or just no one's listening to me. So I'm going to go do it anyway. Mm. Mm. He's got that chaos factor, but he's not a bad guy. I could see that. He's definitely on our side, but he's more on his own side of that. He needs to take care of himself. So he's not going to sacrifice his teammate, but he's looking out for his own best interest because hmm. he's out, stuck out there going, guys, I'm right here. Why aren't you listening to me? 
Um, I respectfully am going to <laughs> okay disagree with an asterisk. Let me remind you, and I do not play D anD. d No, no, no. I appreciate this. Okay. This is this is actually yeah. great. Uh, no, my my asterisk is is uh uh inexplicable at this point in time. <laughs> Wait, is, is this you know the future? I. I uh, it is inexplicable, David. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Fix that in post. I didn't say that. Brent, erase your memory. <laughs> I, I have no. I. 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 I am excellent at ignoring anything that is vaguely spoilerish. I know. All right. Know. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. I. I get what you're saying. Wink, wink. <laughs> Thank you. Um. Okay. So that was chaotic neutral. Um, let's, let's go with, um, chaotic evil, and you can't pick the wraith. Rule breaker. Well, well then. That is solely self-serving. Hmm. Why can't we pick the wraith? <gasps> Rule breaker. Is that too obvious? Self-serving. Well, I mean, the wraith are kind of an obvious chaotic evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, that, but, it, but I, I, I appreciate what you're saying of like, find somebody else. Oh. Oh, I I know who. Who? Ponytail jerk. Ooh. Kavanaugh. <laughs> Dr. Kavanaugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, ponytail jerk. Yeah. yeah. He's going to use his entire time to send a letter home to complain about mm-hmm. the command structure and how he would be running things. Well, you see, now that, that brings in, so uh, people have different interpretations and they, 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 they swear that any other interpretation of the alignment chart is wrong and there's is uh-huh. right. Um, but uh, so my interpretation is the lawful chaotic thing is like I mentioned, rule follower, rule breaker. And Kavanaugh is complaining about the uh, hierarchy, which seems to indicate that he's a rule follower, right? He wants. Except it's he wants his rules. Right. Yes. <laughs> Well, and and he he has so a lawful character is going to have a a respect for the chain of command, however he sees it. Um, and from everything we've seen about Doctor Kavanaugh at this point in time, is that he has little respect for any chain of command, mm-hmm. except um, for the highest boss he can complain to. Except for that, but but that's that's not an issue of chain of command. That's just right. looking for somebody he can moan to. Yeah, yeah, and this is where you know where I respectfully disagree because uh, a a respect for hierarchy is not intrinsic in a willingness to do exactly what the rules say. Um, in fact, a willingness to do exactly what the rules say can absolutely be used to destroy hierarchy Mm -hmm. in order to instill your own hierarchy like Kavanaugh you know like bring it back to Kavanaugh like you know he thinks that the current order is like completely stupid absolutely is making the wrong choices and he has the receipts to back it up right (laughs) like and and but you know there he is so so we have a a uh, suggestion that Kavanaugh is chaotic evil and an argument against that um which is which is totally appropriate, especially for us. <laughs> yeah. um, so, Brent, who would you place as chaotic evil? Oh, dang it! Um, <laughs> um other than the wraith, I don't know if we had very many 
according to my own rules, rule breaking, self-serving individuals. Uh, I can't think of I can't think of any stories where a character other than a Wraith character and other than Kavanaugh is both breaking a rule and self-serving. Like, yeah. you know, like the, the 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 planet that we went to where all the kids are like, you know, uh, the, the you know, the, the, they, they, they stop. Uh, they stop living after 24. Um, like the um, the the vaccine world, the um, the sleepy world, the the sp- uh, the ghost, the space monster, uh, smoke monster, uh, the um, right. Like uh, then there's the Wraith dude that like, you know, is living all by himself for 10,000 years. Uh, but he's Wraith, uh, you know, like as I'm kind of thinking through all the different episodes, I can't seem to think. So so I'm going to cop out and say, I can't think of one, Zach. I, right. I can't think. Of one. All right. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Um. All right. Any others that anybody wants to do for the good of the the group? Okay, Zach. Give us yes. A, give us the true neutral. Ooh, that is true a tough one. Neutral. I can't remember her name, but she's in the Brotherhood. She's uh the one that restarts the Brotherhood. Um, I'm going to make an argument for her. The one who restarts the Brotherhood. Uh, you know, so she's the one that works with the heroes to find the ZPM. And then as soon as it's found and they, they stop. Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, the, the Janai, she's then like, they're like, yay, we got a ZPM. And she's like, Nope, we're taking it and we're going to hide it somewhere else. And we're restarting the, the brotherhood. Uh, she's my, my true neutral. Yeah, that's a good um, choice. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, for, for those reasons, um, you know, she's, she's, um, she works with our partners, with our heroes. She's also willing to work with uh, the enemies. Um, yep. Yep. You know, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Totally self-serving uh, in that regard. She, yeah. she is definitely uh, trying to recreate a new system, um, but it's totally her new system. And uh, she, but she's able to to play that off as as being, you know, totally one of the good guys until it she's not yeah so i'm gonna i can't think of her name off the top of my head but that's who i'll call that's true a good neutral. that's yeah. a good choice well done all right okay all let's right branch off just a bit here give yeah. me your okay. thoughts on the primary villain of the series not the Janai, because they're an ancillary but of the wraith of the space vampires give you a um what are your thoughts about using space vampires as the primary villain of our show. I, I really like this idea. And I think I alluded to it when we were talking about the, um, the, the, the vaccine, the vaccine episode, right. Mm-hmm. Where, where that moment of testing it out on the prisoner was brought up. And we, and, and I think that that is a really good moral conundrum to bring up in an episode for sure. But I stand by what I said back then, which is that the Wraith are a literary device. And as a literary device, oh my goodness, it's great. They are perfect. They are the perfect embodiment of evil. Maybe, maybe someday we'll have something happen where we humanize. Okay, I'll use the word humanize. Humanize it. Humanize the Wraith a little bit. To That would be neat. I would enjoy that. But um, if that day never comes, that's okay because these this character in the concept of the wraith, um, they're meant to be monolithic 
I mean, I think that it is a completely valid thing to say right now. Ah, let me rephrase that in this in a very similar way. In the way that the Borg, when introduced, were one monolithic thing. And that was like the point. Oh. That was the that was mm-hmm. the, that, that they said that of themselves entirely. And then later we got a little bit of individualism. I think that was really cool. Um, like the Wraith as a concept can be seen as a monolith and they are just raw evil. Yeah. And they I, I, I as far as like, you know, like where we go from here i don't know it'd be great but if, if if where we end up is the eradication of the wraith but we never bring in along a humanizing aspect of it i'd be fine with it because as i mentioned they're a device right so i'm excited i'm excited to see what this even even to the point where we have had literally one actor playing at least three if not four different wraiths. yes yes and then you got the and literally faceless grunts yep yeah you yeah. know so you've yeah, so I think you're right, Brent, that at, at least for right now, certainly in season one of Atlantis, uh, the Wraith are very monolithic, very evil, um, and but it provides a nice foil, and they're yes. dangerous, yes, right? Yes. The, the Gua Wuld were were dangerous because the story said they were dangerous. Yes. But every time we saw them, we were like, eh, I don't know if I believe that. Right. Well, they were dangerous until they came up against somebody who could stand up against them. They were dangerous right. to they everyone else. They were like the ultimate else. bullies. Yeah. yeah. And then the bigger guy comes in with a big stick and goes, pow! And they're going, oh, crap. Yeah. Right. And now, as the seasons of SG-1 have continued, the the Gua'uld as as a bad guy has evolved and developed such that uh, various Gua'uld have their own personalities and their yeah. own dangers yeah. Uh, but the Gua'uld, uh, as, as a whole, are not near as mo- were they never were an effective monolithic bad guy. Correct, I agree. Right. Yeah. Um, whereas um, the the Wraith space vampires, if you want to call them that, um, are definitely a very strong, dangerous monolithic bad guy that yep. need to be dealt with. Um, I and think that's a hard thing to do. I think that the that what uh, oh gosh, who was it that kind of came up with the ideas of the replicators? Because we were talking about it quite a lot. Um, talking about how they were like the, it was some I think it was a director talking about how keeping them faceless was a great idea. And I was kind of came in and hawing about it at the time. But, you know, the the, the director's point was um y- you can fill basically the point was you can fill in inside your own imagination all sorts of horrible things that make you afraid of that villain when there's no face to it, when it's just a swarm. Yeah. And I think <clears throat> that the Wraith represent kind of a version of that, but with a face somehow, like it's still that swarm feeling. It's still. And so instead of it being just a bunch of of of. Um, space spiders, which I didn't, you know, it's just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, I didn't feel the threat of the space spider. Um, I can feel it inside my chest, the threat, when this crazy-eyed vampire face that looks exactly like the crazy-eyed vampire face that we killed just a few weeks ago, right, is is bearing down on my heroes. Like, it's it's working for me. I think that this is a good villain. The, 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 there is that feeling in your chest. Like, when you see the wraith smash his hand into somebody's chest yeah. uh uh for me i i can actually kind of like uh feel that in my chest like oh that, yeah. that just does not feel like it, that, that looks painful 
I don't like that idea. Um, I think they're a nice chaos factor as a villain because so far mm-hmm. everyone in the Pegasus galaxy or almost everyone lives in fear of them. Even yeah. they, they may not have seen them for hundreds of years, but it's gotten into their cultural psyche of yeah. they could yeah. show yeah. up, they could take you and you're gone. And then one day and, and it's like a, the it's stories like a force are of true. Nature. Yeah. Right. It, it, it really is a force of nature. Um, where you know there i mean you can run you can hide you can kind of you know you know cower in a cave um you know you can you know hide under your bed whatever but but if the tornado comes the tornado comes and uh your only option is to try to survive it and you know so there is that force of nature in uh aspect of the wraith that is um really daunting uh, and then when you add a a malicious um, motive behind that, even even when you recognize that they're just, you know if you soften it, they're they're just trying to you know find some some stakes. Yep. Um, but but even so, um, yeah, there yeah. there's that uh, that's that force of nature that that they that you can't really stop. It just is something you got to deal with. Yeah. So, Brent, how would you like to see them develop as a bad guy? Would you like well, an individualistic race? I, um, I, could, I could see it going either way, and I would enjoy it going either way. Um, what I wouldn't want to see is them trying to change direction with it and then um, uh, getting cold feet with that idea. So if they tried to bring out the notion of how uh, the Wraith are not all just one monolithic evil, but there might be some nuance in there. And then kind of give up on that idea and then try to shove them all back into the monolithic gotcha. evil. I'm going to so end up feeling bad about it. If they go with it, go with it. Yeah. Um, and while the human replicator thing, I think that they did a pretty darn okay job of of playing with that. Because the whole point of whatever that episode was when we first met the human replicators in the... Unnatural in the, selection. Yeah, yeah. Was that we were going to betray you know, one of the characters and that hurt. And I thought that they did a good job kind of like working with that idea. Um, if uh, if we never got the the episodes of what was his name? Seven or four? or I don't know what. Fifth. Um, fifth. I was close. <clears throat> if we never got those episodes with Fifth and Carter afterwards, like it would kind of be gnawing at me of, you know, how not all replicators are the same. And yet we're treating them like that. Um so if we went with, you know, not all Wraith are the same, but we're going to treat them like that, then that would feel a little bit weak. But if what we do is that we just say, look, we're not going to overcomplicate this. We're just going to keep it simple. This is a threat. They are a force of nature. They are a force of nature with sentience and they will not relent. And it, and, and it will remain so until there is eradication that's really harsh stuff. If you're actually talking about that is like a person in real life, that would be condemnable. But this isn't real life. This is a story. And so as a story element, I think that that works really well. But also in the way of the Borg, if you want to go down there and tell me about individuals and have examples of 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 twists that you don't necessarily see because you're thinking of them as monolithic and then have stories of understanding. Holy cow. I'm there for that, too. Seven of nine. Yes. Yes. Hugh. Hugh. Yeah. Of the Borg. Yep. Yeah. Et cetera. 
Even the Borg Queen to a degree, although I would still put her as evil, that at least gave an interesting face to it. Yep. Mm -hmm. And this notion, so, you know, I won't say anything for those that have not seen the newest of Star Trek. This is something that is a plot point that is enjoyable Mm -hmm. in one of the series. Yeah. Now, one of the things that happened with the Borg is that the Borg were an unstoppable threat um, until they got a face. And then they became very unstoppable, very stoppable. Uh, still a threat, but, uh, you know, it's like, hey, you know, okay, we've got these guys again. We've got to deal with them, and it's going to be pain in the butt and hard and challenging, but we've done it before. We can do it again. Um, is that a, a is that because they have a face, or is that just something else that's going on? Uh, and how might that play into or not uh, your assessment? I don't think it's because they got a face. I think it's just we leveled up and we figured out the tactics that work against them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, I, I like how, when, when story is trying to kind of find a new connection to something, you know, it's, it's the, you got a face thing. You know, like um, uh, I like how creating the moral dilemma can introduce a tension that, previously had to only be there based off of threat um let me let me point it to the to the ghoul world as uh, as a pretty decent example of sort of the opposite of this i think that lord you was the only character that we saw i think where he was a genuine ghoul world no there was somebody else though too yeah no it was it was uh it was the first shoot it it was, but also, yeah, and also the then the the second one. Wow, I forgot about the core episode. Um. <laughs> oh yeah, that's because it was a seventh season Jonas episode, and that's yeah. worth skipping. Oh man. Okay. Well. Okay. So so generally, uh, nobody has tried to make the Gould, um, to introduce tension with the Gould through a moral dilemma not really um you was the best one of the system lords that might have given us an opportunity to think differently about it what's her name who died with or not died but lived with jonas forever <laughs> she did die i mean well so like the ghoul died and then right. the host is like oh jonas it wasn't ever me but now i love you <laughs> Oh my gosh, that was terrible. Okay. Um uh the contractual yeah, but, obligation but, Jonas Quinn show, yes. Oh boy, with the same haircut. Uh, which I get, yeah, that's, that was fun, but whatever. Anyway, um, you know, so we don't have examples of where the story with the Gua Wold introduces tension through the virtue of making us go, wait a minute, are we the baddies? Like, you know, never once did we have that moment. And so, um, Oh, shoot. I can't even remember what point I was driving at on that one. Uh, I think we were talking guess, about the Wraith, maybe, or the Borg. Yeah, but I, I'm, I do enjoy how story can introduce different tension that is just as effective. And one of the things is humanizing. Like, I, this is great. Um, and so, but I can't remember how that related back to the Borg. <laughs> uh, I will say that... Um, the, the sci-fi series that I think does that exploration the best is, is Battlestar Galactica. The idea of, yeah. of creating um, that, wait a minute, am I the bad guy? Yeah. Um, we, we don't really, 
my recollection of of well, so let's SG one, right? We've we've had plenty of times to talk about you know ask the question: Are the Guawuld the actual bad guy? Yeah, um, you know perhaps that, um, but uh, but we've never really explored. Oh well, maybe I'm the bad guy. Yeah, we've never really done that, uh, and at least so far, Atlantis hasn't done that either. Um, and, and it makes but, total sense why we haven't done it in Atlantis. We're only a season in, mm-hmm. right. and we haven't done it with SG One, and that's not the worst. That's you know, but we have we have bet we have had plenty of episodes of is humanity as good as it thinks it is, but in the form of other agencies or other groups. So so let me so allow me to uh, allow me to do a little transition here then. Okay. Um. Uh. Typically. Uh, we go through the episodes and we say, you know, which ones were our favorites? And, you know, we, we kind of do that. And then, you know, without looking at the ratings, um, I know this because of our show notes, you know, that, that that's, that's how I'm so smart about this thing. So allow me to just shove us in that direction and say, without thinking about what we gave the ratings to, I don't have access to it. Zach does. I don't um, have it up and right now. So, so fine. uh, so, so I'll, I'll, I'll cheat a little bit and I'll say, David, David, yes. Can you name three episodes that you think are probably season one's best three? And two-parters, by the way, count as a single choice. Okay. Um, for one, I got to start with Rising because that's the okay. hook. Yeah. That yep. was a good slam intro to the show. It wasn't a gradual creep up. It's like, oh, we're here. Look where we are. Oh, my God. We're immediately in danger. Okay, we're fixed that. Let's go see what this does. What? Vampires? And then battle. Uh-huh. So it was throw you right in. No gradual anything. It was, here's the story. Run. So I like yep. that one. Um, the season ender, I got to go with two. The siege. Yeah. That's yeah. been a good drama storytelling. Those are both you know bookends of a lot of action, a lot of tension. In the middle in there... Um, you're probably not going to agree with me, but I think the storm and the eye were good stories. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> but I, 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 I don't have a problem with them. Um, I thought they were good stories. I'm cheating a little bit because I looked at my reviews. Uh, but I, I, I like those. A li- I like those. Um, I can't remember the name of the one that was in early on that was just my, this is the good one. I think it was suspicion maybe sure i i think i liked that one a lot too i i didn't read all my chevron predictions i just quickly cheated and scrolled through them uh but yeah, no. <laughs> I, 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 I was looking for a mid episode but definitely the the first and the last and then somewhere in the middle um i mean that makes sense yeah first last and middle because those are the those are the big ones the, those were our those were our um like milestones or our checkpoints yeah, it's true storm was a mid-season episode yeah. storm in the eye that was a mid-season they got to be a good hook but right in the middle there i think suspicion was good um in terms of lore of kind of telling the whole story and i'm going with more than three episodes here sorry that's okay um, <laughs> um and i i i think you're going to agree with me as well of uh, before i sleep that told a good yeah. background that mm-hmm. filled in some information for us that we needed it was a soft story it wasn't a lot of action but it was still a good lore story, and I like those as well. Yep. What about you, Brent? So what about you, Zach? 
Okay. Oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm pivoting. I'm the, I'm okay. the one driving this boat. Sorry, in yeah, my yeah. boat. So you race, you race, so, you race. You know, as, as we were looking at, uh, you know, the the show notes. So Brent, you you were typing in your answers and kind of marking those on our list. Yeah, you distracted uh, me as we were doing some of the other stuff before, and and so I was kind of thinking about looking through this and thinking, and I'm like, uh, I, I've got to go with. You know, I'm going to end up spoiling some of yours, Brent. I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but, but you know, uh, Poisoning the Well is just a great episode. Um, just the moral dilemma and and the the emotional hook that it gives yep. us. Yep. Um, and and just the resolve of of the guest species that uh, just makes you mourn. Um, but you can't like fault them, mm-hmm. you know, it just, it was just a really great episode. Um, uh, before I sleep, as David mentioned, right. That that's just another one of those episodes. That's just, um, that, that just it tells a compelling story in a way that, that is not, uh, frenetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I appreciate that. And then, um, as David mentioned, the siege parts one and two, um, you know, I especially appreciate um, part one, uh, where where just the 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 about face, the the death of uh, Peter Grogan uh, was yep. just. I remember watching it the first time, and my jaw hit the floor, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "What? Yeah." Um, this this was before the era of Game of Thrones, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Game of Thrones. As soon as they killed Ned, I'm like, I'm done. What? They <laughs> killed Ned? <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> uh, I don't even feel bad about spoiling that. No. I don't. I'm kidding. <laughs> so I'm. I have. I have no regrets on that. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, you know, I mean, if I were to pick a fourth one, then probably Rising, because it is a really good, strong pilot, yeah. um, uh, if I were to pick a fourth. Um, so, that's kind of where where I see the highlights. And then, and then, you know, because this is what I do after I made my marks of where I went, I went and looked at my ratings, and they actually match. <laughs> good. <laughs> uh, so, you cheated too. Awesome. <laughs> so, uh, Brent, what about you? Uh, so in a lot of the same ways, you know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, obviously be picking a lot of the same episodes. I did like poisoning the well because of the moral dilemma. I really, really like those types of episodes. I like before I sleep because of the good story. And I remember that I liked how it handled the time travel issue. Um, I think that they, that, that, that story and that version of time travel, uh, in my opinion, did a lot better job of actually addressing the issue than, um, uh, shoot, what was the one that we did? What was the season ender for SG one that we just watched? You know, where they went back in time and they Mobius. did stuff. Mobius. Yeah, I'm will. Mobius is fine. I, you know, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I, I, am, I know that the official canon is that it is not a, uh, a universe jumper, right? That we're not in a different universe. I'm going to keep thinking that because it makes sense, better sense for me in my head. I but think it, you're fine it, thinking that. It created a weird conundrum that they referenced in talking about Mobius. But I think that before I sleep handled it so yeah. much better because you don't have a loose end and it's a natural 
wrap up and it's not, you know, it's not, it doesn't, there's nothing superficial about it. I thought it did a great job. Yeah. And then, yeah, the siege, the siege part one and two, like, uh, the buildup in part one and the, uh, continuing buildup and cliffhanger in part two, like it's working for me. It's, I am, I am ready to see how this resolves. Um, I'm going to enjoy uh, watching and talking about seasons nine and 10 of SG one and keeping Atlantis over there. Uh, but in the, in the way that you enjoy uh, that, uh, that delayed gratification thing, because when we, when we open up that, uh, when we, when we, I don't know where I'm going with this. When, when you, uh, when you finally dive into that cake, I don't know, of, uh, of Atlantis. The Christmas present's <laughs> been under the tree for a month Christmas and you're ready presents, to open it. That's right. There's that real shiny one in the back with a big A on it. I'm wanting to open that one. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to when we get into season two. Cool. Um, we've kind of touched on this a little bit. Yeah. Um, but what are some of the storylines that have ended in the season or that are moving us into the future? Well, so I guess that this has to be a me thing, right? Because you all know, um, or at least partly know. We know. We know what's going into the future. Uh, that's kind of my point. And yeah. then by virtue, like, yeah. You know, you know what's ended and I don't, but I can probably guess that the Janai are not going away. Um, they're probably going to be around. How long are they going to be around? I'm not quite sure about that. Are they going to be around for the whole thing or part of the thing? I'm not sure. Um, the Athosians, I got to tell you, I got a feeling that we're wrapping up with them, that we're not going to be officially done with them because Taylor's with us, but like they really hit the back burner hard in the second half of the season right like they were front and center for a while now they are barely even a thing um i could be wrong but i think that that's probably going to be wrapping up in, in in kind of a weird way uh storylines that might have wrapped but might have alluded to more i'm trying to think if there's any that kind of hit that um i don't think that the planet where the um vaccine was made. I don't think that the planet is going to come back in. I think that the vaccine's going to come back in probably at some point. But I don't know if the people there are going to come back in, but I could be wrong. And then uh, you know, stuff that I think is going to continue into the future, uh it's, you know, uh spoiler, the wraith. Uh, you know, that's going to be but I can absolutely see how Atlantis might try to zhuzh up the show in later seasons by actually resolving the wraith thing and trying to introduce a new problem or something. Um so who knows. But uh uh, the giant is going to continue. Let's see who else is going to continue. Um, honestly, I think that might be it. There might be some surprises in there of some season one stuff that kind of shows up. But as far as like the big things are concerned, I bet you it's just Janai and Wraith. So that's those are my thoughts. I I don't think you're going to be wrong, even if sure. I didn't know the future. Yeah, they set up a lot. Honestly, I think it's too early to think of anything ending. As for the Athosians, yeah. they were just a device to bring in Taylor, and we don't yeah, really okay. need them sure. at this point. That's why they moved them to the, quote, mainland, so we can yes. go, yeah, you're over there now. <laughs> uh, if we need some carrots or something, we'll come talk to you, but <laughs> but we don't need I them need anymore. You're right. <laughs> you got any food? We're hungry. We just have replicators. Oh, we can't say replicators here, can we? No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're just there. Their plot device day is over, but I don't think they were ever really a plot. They were just yeah a device yeah. more than anything yeah. else. Uh, that would be one of the things that I would critique about this season is that 
It was clear from episode one that the Athosians were only there to give us Taylor. Sure. And then, as soon as they were reasonably able to shunt him off into the mainland and basically forget about him under every circumstance until the one thing that we need him here or there, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I, I found that weak. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Um, I think that there could have been cool stuff that they could have done with it, maybe, but they didn't. And so, meh. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you're right. I think they, they could have. Uh, they probably should have. But uh, they, they built a two-dimensional uh, race uh, to introduce a main character and then left it. Yep. Um, and, and they didn't. And, and here's the thing. It's like, like they, they should have done more. I think in the first two or three episodes to to introduce both Taylor and the Athosians. Uh I still think it was really, really odd for uh Taylor in the end of the first episode to be just given a job on the flagship team. Uh I mean, I like Taylor. I have no nothing against Taylor. It's just wh- yeah. why why yeah. did they choose her? Yes. So Yep. Good, good, good. Um all right. Well, uh, David. Yes. You ready? have a game. I do. And that's what I spend the last several weeks furiously trying to come up with obscure trivia or plot okay. points. Okay. I know, but okay, yep, so yep, yep, yep. Two truths and a lie, 6.1. Yes. Because yes. we got to do an <laughs> SG1 wrap up too, and that'll be the 6.2. So I uh-huh. look uh-huh. up a lot of questions. Now, I'm going to remind you. There are spoilers here. Now, I may be taking a plot point that is somewhat in there. If it's a major spoiler, I'm going to try to hide it. I'm not telling you. Just, you you know, this is the idea. But to remind people. You're going to be a good sport about it. Oh, I'll be a good sport about it. Um, But to remind everyone here, I'm going to give you uh, two real plot points and one fake plot point that I've totally invented. Uh Maybe. Sort of. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> now, this one's uh, good. <laughs> Go ahead. So my, my, my question is, is, is this uh, focused on Atlantis or is this focused on uh, uh, Stargate? It's mostly focused on Atlantis. Not entirely. As is that I had like 15 questions I was working with. I don't know. And I kind of split them up. Okay, these are mostly Atlantis. Mostly. There will be some Stargate because. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, the first question I have, I've entitled, wait, what? Really? So, is it, will a gold try to infiltrate Atlantis? Mm-hmm. Or, will another character who is not Daniel be killed off and brought back again and killed off again uh-huh. and brought back again? Or is it, <laughs> during downtime, Major Gus Bonner reflects on his early days at Stargate Command and his commander... Harley Shepard, son of or father of John Shepard. Ah, all right. So the the the, the choices are um, what was the first one again? Gould and Atlantis. Right, and then a character, a character repeatedly dies. dies and brought back. Yep. Or, or Gus Bonner was trained by the son of John Shepard. I think that it's. I think that we're not going to have a character die off and come back and die off and come back and die off and come back. I think there's going to be a ghoul that shows up in Atlantis because that'll be fun. 
And I think that uh, having having a father son tension episode, I think, is also going to be really interesting. Zach, um, opinions? I'm I'm going to uh, uh, say that the 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 Gus Bonner one son of Shepherd is 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 a lie. Well, Zach, you would be correct because, well, <laughs> honestly, it is sort of true, not quite, because Gus Bonner was trained by someone named Harley Shepard. Uh-huh. But the <laughs> timelines do just don't it. work out. Yes, yes. <laughs> First off, Infinity was on before Atlantis. Hey, retcon, dude, retcon. <laughs> yeah, but I read that as like, oh man, they could totally retcon that. They just got to fudge the timeline a little bit. Yeah, but apparently Gus Bonner was born in 1976, and that just doesn't work out. So, but what you're telling me then is that we're going to have somebody die off and come back and die off and come back and die off and come back, and and and, and when it happens, I'll be like, oh look, they're doing a Daniel. Yes. Uh huh. There will and be gaps. Yeah. Call it. Uh, we're doing a Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the name of the episodes. We're doing a Daniel Part One. We're doing and then a Daniel. Another one, Daniel Part Two. Okay. <laughs> Question number two. Secrets. Yes. yes. It's not just a chain of high-end resorts. Mm. So, will we finally encounter the Furlings and discover that they did not disappear, but have been hiding in plain sight? Mm. Or, once again, will a secret organization that we thought was gone not be gone? Or will it be, in a shocking turn of events, one of the greatest enemies of SG-1 is secretly the child of an SG-1 team member? Huh. <laughs> I'm going to go with the fake one is that an enemy of the SG-1 is the is is the child of an SG-1 member. I think that that is the plot of uh, Nemesis. <laughs> um, well, true, it uh, is. So, so real quick, what, what are my options again? Furlings. We finally meet them, but they're not who we thought they were, and they've been hiding in plain sight. The secret organization we thought was gone is back, or SG-1's enemy is the child of an SG-1 team member. Um, so I, uh, the, the answer, uh, that I am going to say is, is, uh, the furlings. Well, once again, Zach, you would be correct. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, uh, we will get a secret organization back in SG one and the child bit is true, but it's going to be, they're not going to hide it. They're just going to kind of tell you as like, hello, mother Ah, type of plot point. Gotcha. And it, yeah, it, it'll make sense in context. Okay. Okay. The next question I have entitled enemy or ally. Uh-huh. Will we meet Todd the Wraith who seeks, seeks the help of the Atlantis expedition against a common enemy? Well, or will we meet uh, yeah. an offshoot of the Knox who do not uphold the same beliefs of their ancestors? Ooh, okay. Or will Ooh. we encounter a civilization we once helped rebuild after a planetary ideological war, but they have since fallen to another extreme ideology? Oh, these are good, because I can see all of them being real. Um, I'm gonna say that the fake one... What was the first one again, David? Todd the Wraith. Uh, who seeks help oh, yeah. against a common enemy. Yeah. Then we got the Nox offshoot, or yeah. we rebuild a civilization for them to come back as almost bad guys. So I'm going to go that the Nox offshoot is the fake one, um, though I want it to be true. But all three of these are really solid. And then, you know, Todd the Wraith is, you know, I, you know I'm going to choose to believe that, that Todd, if it's real, uh, John Shepard named him because that's what John does. 
and uh yeah the the rebuild the rebuild world one i could like the the oh shoot i can't remember the name of the alien species that we were just talking about them they got blown up whatever in sg1 you know that that could be a really tasty one too so i'm gonna say that the second one was the fa- was the fake one zach i agree yeah, i agree you're, you're correct that one's fairly obvious i think yay uh, yeah well Knox never come back uh todd the wraith is indeed named by shepherd yeah. But it, it's actually going to be a fairly long story story arc too. Uh-huh, and okay. the civilization, well, that's going to happen in SG one, but it, uh, I'm not going to tell you about which civilization you, you, you it was. You will recognize the actor who plays Todd the Wraith. Yeah. Oh, will I? Oh, yeah. Okay. But we'll hold off on that one Probably. for a while. Okay. I mean, if you okay. don't, then then I'll just have to. Get- <laughs> <laughs> okay. The next question I've entitled the others. Okay. The will others. The others. The team discovers the survivors of an interplanetary expedition who claimed their civilization was founded 2,000 years ago earlier by that very team. Mm-hmm. Or will it be the ghosts of the ancients appear to be warning Atlantis that something dire is about to happen? Or will it be on a scouting expedition? Two members of the team are captured by a strange plant creature and brought to a hidden alien base. And end up romantically involved with the base commanders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What was the first one again? Uh, an inter. Uh, they discover a civilization who was founded by the team that discovered them. Founded mm. two thousand years ago by that very team, and then uh, so ghosts of the ancients or captured and romantically involved. I'm gonna go that um that. The time travel situation is going to come back because I just got a bad feeling that we're going to be playing around with time travel a lot now. It just seems to be something that they did a lot in the early 2000s. Um, the so that's true. The uh, the the oh shoot, what was the second one? I can't, Ghosts sorry. of the Ancients. That's it. Yeah, so that's going to come back because it's going to be like some hologram thing or something. It'll be obvious. But the third one is undoubtedly the plot of some B sci-fi <laughs> movie from the 60s that you went and investigated. <laughs> Am I that transparent? So, so I'm I'm, I'm agreeing I'm. with Brent on this one. <laughs> okay, yeah, I fought a long, I looked a long time for that one. Yeah, um, the interplanet, <laughs> the, the the ancient civilization. That's a plot point in Stargate Universe. Yes, uh, the ghosts of the ancients. They're not holograms. Uh, yeah, that's going to okay. happen in, in Atlantis, <laughs> and the movie was Invasion of the Star Creatures. <laughs> oh boy. <sighs> The next one is in real life, because this is going to be not about stories, but about the actors. Okay. In real life. Okay. In real life. Okay. A very well-known musician and fan of the show will cameo on the show, but will be under so much makeup as to be unrecognizable. Okay. Or. Say that again. A very well-known musician who is a fan of the show will cameo on the show, but will be under so much makeup as to be unrecognizable. Okay. Okay. Or. To no one's surprise, a main credit cast member leaves the show because they felt they'd been abused and underused and poorly written for. But in an uh-huh. amazing twist, a relatively unknown actor will take their place and go on to become a major superstar in film and television. Or will it be a well-known actor and the son of a Hollywood legend joins the cast? Say that last one again. A well-known actor and the son of a Hollywood legend will join the cast. Okay. Uh, well, I think the second one is definitely true. <clears throat> and, um, 
Uh, the first one was musician, but under so much makeup. I think that's probably true as well. So I'm going to go with that. The third one is is false. The uh, uh, the child of a, of a major Hollywood player is, or, you know, Forrest is going to join the cast. I think that's false. Okay, Zach. Um, I I don't know the answer to this question. I know that number two is true. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, for for uh, just just for uh, excitement's sake, I will say the opposite is false. Okay. So I'll say um, number one is false. Okay, well, um, yes, to no one's surprise, a main cast member will be leave and be replaced yes. by Jason Momoa. Yeah, I think I, that, I think I knew about that spoiler, yes. Right. Um, Bo Bridges, son of Lloyd Bridges, will be joining the cast of SG-1. Okay, so oh, all right. So okay. what's the first one? There all you right. go. Um, but Mick Fleetwood was on Star Trek The Next Generation under heavy makeup. Oh, where did, what? I'll look he just played later. an alien I, standing there. Oh, <laughs> no, lines, was, no, nothing. He just yeah, stood there. Yeah, we yeah, came back gotcha. later and it was like, Mick Fleetwood. What the yeah. hell? <laughs> Funny. The, the basketball star James Worthy played a Klingon in, in a Next Generation oh, episode. All right. Yeah. True. Okay. Um, and my last question is Battle Stargate Galactica Trek. Because okay. I'm not a Stargate, uh, Stargate and Star Trek crossovers, but I did find a Stargate Battlestar Galactica Stargate crossover. Okay. All right. So. Which of these actors has been in Stargate, Star Trek, and Battlestar Galactica? Oh, dear. Okay. Was it Rick Worthy? I can't tell you character names because that's going to give it away. Okay. Dean Stockwell. Who's the actor again? Rick Worthy. Rick Worthy. Dean Stockwell or Michelle Forbes? Uh, So, wait. The the question is, which one has has been been in all all three? Has been in Stargate, Star Trek, and Battlestar Galactica. Uh, I didn't recognize who the third one was, so I'm going to pick that one. Okay. Oh, you're wrong. That's, that <laughs> Michelle Forbes is in all three. You know, to no one's surprise, Zach. Um, well, wait, you, wait, 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 wait. You well, crush me so, in this game, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, wait. So, no, no. So, well, maybe. Oh gosh. Now, now I'm now, <laughs> now I'm you're guessing, guessing yourself. Yeah. Uh, who is the first one again? Rick Worthy. Okay, on Stargate, he played Imhotep. Oh, okay. That guy. So, so I know that he was obviously in Stargate, and he was in Battlestar Galactica. I'm trying to think if he was in Next Generation. Um, Dean Stockwell was uh, in Star Trek. He played opposite uh, 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 Scott Bakula in Enterprise. He, of course, was uh, Jonas's doctor friend in, in, in SG-1, and of course he played a Cylon in, in Battlestar Galactica. So he's in all three. Yeah, that's a good Michelle game. Forbes was in Battlestar Galactica, and she was, she played Dr. 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 Ensign Rowe, or Lieutenant Rowe, in, in Next Generation. Now I'm trying to think, was Rick Worthy in Star Trek, or was Michelle Forbes in Stargate? Oh gosh! Now I can't remember. I, um, you know, odds are better uh, that Rick Worthy was in Star Trek at some point in time because there's so much more Star Trek than it is for Michelle Forbes to have been in 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 uh, Stargate. So I'll agree with Brent. Okay, well, you're correct. Uh, Rick Worthy has been on Voyager twice. He's been Klingons in Deep Space Nine, had a recurring role in Enterprise. He was in the movie Insurrection. 
So he's been all over Star Trek. Wow, and man. Plus he was wow. uh, Simon or Cylon 4 on Galactica. Uh, Dean yeah. Stockwell, we know. That was a gimme. Uh, Michelle Forbes uh, was Helena Kane, the commander of the Pegasus. Yes, <laughs> that's right. And she did play uh, Rolaren, but she's never been in Stargate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that's I what I got her, for obviously. you. Okay. Right. Thank awesome. you. Thank you very much. Um, okay, Brent. Yes. Um, so one of the things that we've also often done in our lookbacks is look at your predictions for what the current season is going to be. And yeah. everything that we did in our season seven look back for the future was basically about season eight of SG one. So yeah. I've got that blocked out and we're not going to do that. Uh, we'll wait for SG one next time. Uh-huh. So then I will turn and say, what are your predictions for season two of Atlantis of Atlantis season two predictions for Atlantis. All right. I think that I think that in season two, the Wraith will continue to be monolithic, even though technically I am now aware that my wish will be granted and we will have some nuance introduced to the Wraith at some point, but it won't happen in season two. I don't think. Um, I think that uh, in season two, we will be exploring what it means for Atlantis to no longer be isolated from Earth. I think that's going to create tensions of its own. We might even have the introduction of some of the uh, Earth-based tensions that I have been really critical of all this time, of like, you know, like the, 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 I can't remember the name of the group of business people or the NID, you know, like all those groups, like we might have their, their tendrils suddenly into the Atlantis story. And that might be, pretty fun but it also might be terrible but yeah, i'm gonna go with fun um we are going in season two to have um catastrophe befall the athosians and they're just basically gonna get wiped out and then that then Taylor's gonna be the only one left and then we're gonna have that tired old trope of the only one of a certain kind and then we'll just have to deal with that uh and i think that um in the vein of space race, we are going to have an episode that's a space Western and it's going to culminate in John Shepard uh, winning a space rodeo, riding a space cow. I think it's going to happen in season two. I like that. <laughs> but a space rodeo. Oh, and uh, Dr. Beckett and um, Kavanaugh are going to kiss. I'll just say here. Beckett and Kavanaugh? Yeah. You ship Beckett, Beckett and Kavanaugh? I don't think anybody else has. <laughs> I don't think anybody ships There's Kavanaugh. There's a reason for that. <laughs> Kavanaugh, you're a giant jerk and you need to cool it. I am not a jerk. I am the most rational person that understands all of this stuff. No, you're a big giant weenie who needs to stop it and just learn to tell me more about how I'm bad. You're so bad, Kavanaugh. <laughs> so it writes itself. No, <laughs> well, one but, of the yeah. advantages about having a potential ZPM on Atlantis <laughs> is that yeah. asshats can <laughs> be shipped off. They can, they can go back home. <laughs> you need to go home and uh, rethink your life. 
<laughs> I don't know. I but think he wants a good bike kiss. A, so yeah, this is a fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That tension just can be broken. Will I ever right. see you again? Someday. And he walks off. Well, yeah. we will uh, have to wait a year before we begin this process yeah. to find out how many of these predictions are accurate. Yeah, it'll be fun, though. It will be fun. Um, so the next episode for, at, uh, for Atlantis is the Siege Part 3, but we're, again, like I said, a year away from that. Yeah. Uh, and so we'll have to wait for a year or so uh, before we get David's very nice promo <laughs> yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah. I um, uh, programmed out via spreadsheets, because I'm a computer guy, that if you took no breaks between now and Siege Part 3... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> sorry. 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 Go ahead. October second, twenty twenty four. When October second of twenty twenty four is when you would hit that November episode. November second of twenty twenty four. Got yeah. Wow. If you took no breaks. Uh, no, um, I'm, so I'm, I'm going to. I'm confident you'll be taking a break to, to Atlantis until twenty twenty five. Yeah. Yeah, but um, probably early because I don't see us taking more than eight weeks off of you know. Oh no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think you're right. I would expect that that it would probably be uh, ooh, probably ooh, ooh, ooh. January of twenty five. I'm sorry, I got I got to revise that. I have my date wrong. It's uh, August thirty first. That was the day. I finally brought my sheet up and go. No, it's not. Oh, sense. that's much August more realistic. Oh that, well, if it's yeah, August thirty, then never mind. But that changes everything. But that's again, if you took no breaks between then and now. So what I'll say is this. Well, I won't tell you when exactly my birthday is. It is in the fall. And so it would be a wonderful birthday present to start Atlantis in the fall of 24. It's possible. It's highly unlikely knowing how you I treat you. How you treat your Julys and Augusts is, is, is eh, that was the old days and Christmas and well, Easter. Oh well, Easter, yeah, yeah. So, so like, here's this thing, Brent. Right? Maybe, maybe for Christmas. Like, like when we started this project, yeah, I was not preaching sermons every Sunday, which oh, was that's a good point. <laughs> and and now for the last year, um, I have been preaching sermons every Sunday, which yeah. is fine. I love my job most days. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that does mean that, that Easter and Christmas and other weird times like that become yeah. exponentially harder than they were in the past. Yeah. So maybe, maybe so. it'll be Christmas time. Maybe, maybe that metaphor of opening it, up the shiny Christmas present with the A it, on the back. It's, it's going to be an epiphany present. Oh, an epiphany present. That's January 12th. No, 5th. 6th. Whatever. One of I those days. I, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, that's a little ways away. But we're gonna we're gonna have fun with uh, we're gonna have fun with SG one while we have it. Um, okay, so uh, David, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Uh, today on this oh, episode, thank you for having me. Uh, next week. Uh, well, uh, hopefully next Saturday. We'll see. Uh, we got to figure out things. But our next episode is going to be a look back on season eight of SG one. Uh, David's gonna join us for that, so that's gonna be exciting. There, we're gonna have more two truths and a lie. Yay! Uh, and and you know we'll we'll do some other things like that. Um, tell us what you think about this episode, or about yeah. SG One, or about Atlantis, or whatever. You can email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail dot com. Uh, you can of course talk to us on the Facebooks. Talk to me. Talk to David. Not talk to da- uh, to Brent. He doesn't. He's not on those Facebooks. Uh, <laughs> but you can go to the Discords and you can talk to all three of us. 
Mostly the other two. I just kind of pop in there every once in a while to say hello or make, you know, weird comments. And then I pop out because <laughs> that's it. Anyway, uh, you can visit our website, WTTS.space. Space. If you want, you can uh, go to buymeacoffee.com slash walking through or to the website, WTTS.space. Space. Space. And then hit that uh, 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 the, 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 the button that says... The the what the coffee button. It's a coffee. That's the one. Yes. yes. Yep. <laughs> and you can support the podcast if you want. With all that, I say I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And I'm David. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home.